Welcome to the 83rd episode of the Real Life Diabetes Podcast with today's guest, who is the poster child for the type 2 diabetes community, Tracy D. Brown. If you're new to the show, welcome, and thanks for stopping by. My name is Amber Kluwer, and I'm the co-founder of the Diabetes Daily Grind and host of this, the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. I enjoy sharing my story and those of other people living their best life with this disease. It was an absolute pleasure interviewing Tracy as she mirrors, if not exceeds, my passion for helping people live their best life with diabetes, whatever type. In 2018, Tracy stepped into the role as Chief Executive Officer of the American Diabetes Association, the nation's largest voluntary health organization and a global authority on diabetes. She is also the first CEO of the ADA to have diabetes. <laughs> Her well-spoken, thoughtful, and compassionate ability to share a raw and very real look into life with type 2 diabetes has given her some serious street cred. The diabetes community and the ADA are lucky to have such a strong advocate and warrior on our side. Before we get started, I have a few quick announcements. This episode was brought to you by Real Good Foods. If you haven't heard, they recently launched the first ever Super Premium Better For You Ice Cream. Their various ice cream flavors have a standard identity of Super Premium Ice Cream. You know, the thick, rich and creamy texture we all love. Don't be fooled by other ice creams who use ingredients that give them a lighter and fluffier consistency to hit a low calorie claim. Real Good Foods provides a real ice cream experience with real ingredients. And you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, the fun facts should sell you. It's extra creamy, so there's no icy or chalky texture like other light ice creams. With only four grams of sugar and 180 calories per serving, there's little to no guilt. It's sweetened with allulose, a naturally occurring sweetener, and is made with fresh milk and cream. If you would like to get your hands on their new super premium ice cream, check out the show notes for links to all of the Real Good Foods products. Number two, I want you to know I'm doing my best to release as many podcasts as possible. And please note, moving forward, each episode will also be launched on the DDG YouTube channel. There's nothing like sitting across from my podcast guest in person, but Zoom video will have to do for now. If there is someone you would like for me to interview, shoot me an email to amber at diabetesdailygrind.com. Number three, I don't know about you, but I'm taking the quarantine seriously, and I'm grateful for grocery delivery services and Amazon. If you're the same, please take a moment to click on the Amazon banner on the Diabetes Daily Grind website before ordering. Your purchase, there's a little change my way and it doesn't cost you a thing. Number four, I am putting out much more content these days and I'm always looking for solid partnerships and advertisers. In addition to releasing podcasts and many podcast episodes, we're upping our live posts and YouTube game. If you would like to learn more or have a creative idea as to how we can work together, please contact the marketing team at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. And finally, don't forget to love, like, share, and comment on all of the DDG social media platforms. Sign up for the newsletter and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Oh, and if you really want to score some serious brownie points, which I've got to think of a better term than brownie points, you can leave me an iTunes review. You know how much I enjoy reading what you're thinking and knowing that you listened. I hope it brought some joy to your life. All right. 
<laughs> Enough rambling, let's get started. Awesome. <laughs> and um, I appreciate you taking time today. And I like the background you've got going on right now. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm going to close down my emails here, um, Amber, so that you don't get the ding, ding, ding. I <laughs> mean, this is a real life diabetes podcast. So if it dings, we'll, you know, we'll deal with it. <clears throat> well, that's true. But let me see if I can help us out a little bit and close down a lot of these. <laughs> crazy emails. It's been a crazy Monday already. How are you doing? I'm great. I, uh, I've been looking forward to this interview and, uh, you just, I saw your little Facebook TikTok challenge this morning. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it. Was that your daughter in the background? Yes. I'm just trying to keep up with my daughter. You know, she's, she's a dancer and I'm like, she's like, come on, mom. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so welcome to the Real Life Diabetes Podcast. Um, I am so thrilled to interview you. And I love the fact in doing a little bit of my research that you're the first CEO of the American Diabetes Association to have diabetes. Yes. Kind of crazy. It's crazy. And it kind of like gives you some street cred. And um, <laughs> people, people like to hear from other people that get it and are walking the walk. So let's start with, if you don't mind, I would love to be sitting in front of you, and technically I'm watching you, um, but um, where are you dialing in from? I'm dialing in from uh, Vienna, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. And are you on like high quarantine right now? Or are you taking that very seriously? I am taking that very seriously, uh, Amber. I mean, again, as, as someone who has been living with type 2 uh, diabetes for 16 years, you know, I'm taking no chances. I mean, the the number one thing we can all do as people living with diabetes is uh, prevention and stay stay away from COVID-19. Yeah, right. Well, um, let's talk about a little bit about your diagnosis story because everyone's is very different. Yeah, so um, everyone's is very different. And I think every single person never forgets their diagnosis day and I'm no different. And so I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. And so I um, was pregnant um, with uh, my now beautiful baby, baby girl um, 16 years ago and will never forget. I was on a routine uh, doctor's appointment and then, you know, happened to be the one that my husband didn't come with me because they had all been going so well. Um, I go, and that was where you had to take the blood glucose test. Mm -hmm. So I took the test, and doctor went away. Then literally um, 30 minutes later, doctor, nurse, assistant, everyone kind of barges into the room, tells me that I need to go down to the hospital, um, put in a wheelchair, taken downstairs, still not quite sure what was going on. And then they immediately hooked me up uh, 
to an IV and started giving me insulin, at which case I then learned from my doctor that uh, my sugars were alarmingly high. Like what's alarmingly high in a gestation? Are we talking 400 or? Yes. Okay. Yes. And so uh, I was like, what? And they're like, yeah. And my doctor was like, don't worry. For 80% of the women, it goes away after you have your child. And yeah, so you, you, you got to make some modifications. You got to take insulin now and you got to watch what you eat a, right. a little more carefully. And you know, for me, half the thing of being pregnant was like, hey, I'm eating for two. Yeah, you know, that whole thing. Um, so I, I, I managed, right? I, I, I took everything uh, very seriously. Um, ended up having a beautiful, beautiful baby girl. Um, but the gestational diabetes, it didn't go away for me. Okay, can I ask you really quick, because I know that when your blood sugars are high, as somebody living with type one, you feel bad. So you're pregnant, I mean, you're uncomfortable anyways, but did you feel different during that time? I didn't, the, the, okay. the truth is, I mean, because to your point, you're kind of uncomfortable anyway. Right. I, 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 really, I really didn't, okay. um, you know, feel that much different. I mean, now I know better, you know, I was tired, but you know, you can justify all this stuff, yeah, right. you know, I'm pregnant. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't. Um, and you know, I followed everything that I was supposed to manage everything during the, the pregnancy. And like I said, a blessing, um, that had my daughter, no issues, very healthy, very beautiful. Um, but then I was in that minority 20% where the yeah. diabetes didn't go away. Okay, were you freaked out to give the insulin shots? Because that's the doozy. Like, yes, <laughs> the, 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 the first little bit. And yeah. you, you give it to in your stomach. So I, I was like, are we, sh are we sure <laughs> this is good for my baby? Like, what, what's happening? Um, and so not only did I have to learn how to give myself the shot, but my husband did as well. And, you know, just as all things, like the first few times it was kind of like a freak out, but then, but then you get it, right? right? And it just becomes routine. And that's what happened. Well, good for you. I, I don't think I could go into giving a shot, like as an adult, you know, I mean, it, yeah, I learned at an early age and it made it a lot easier, I think. Yes. Yes. But it, it was all good. Um, and I think Amber, you know, I really don't think it's by accident that I, am living with diabetes and that I was in that 20% minority. I mean, one of the things that, you know, I take very seriously is really understanding kind of what, what your purpose is yeah. on, on this earth anyway. And, and I believe that everybody has a divine God driven purpose. Yeah. And if you can really figure out in your lifetime, what your purpose is, good things happen. And, and, and I think, this is one of them um, for me. I think this is just a part of my purpose. Well, I got to say that I'm a very spiritual person and I totally agree with you in that never in a million years did I think that I would be talking about life with type one diabetes and, and hopefully making a positive impact on the diabetes community as a whole. So I, I totally understand your, your mindset there. Um, and I, I loved in one of the other interviews I was watching that you're kind of the poster child for this. And I think what a, positive poster child because you're real 
And yeah. talking about the highs and lows of it. And there was one where you talked about eating French fries every once in a while, you know what I mean? It's like, you can't rob yourself of all of the things that you've enjoyed prior to this lifestyle that we've been given. So can we, I want to go into, because you said you were insulin dependent. That's, I would be curious how many people with type two originally diagnosed start that way. Do you have any idea? If not, yeah. I can I don't know. I don't know of the the numbers, um, Amber, but you know, you probably uh, read this in one of the interviews or saw this that, you know, even after getting my diagnosis, uh, after the birth of my daughter, you, you know, I'm very, I'm very type A, I'm very, I got this, I can right. do all things. And I, I didn't really truly take get seriously or really get my act together until my daughter was five, at which point she asked me if I was going to die from diabetes, which was um, a crazy devastating thing to hear from, from your five-year-old, right. you know, is five and thinking about whether their mom is going to die. Um, but that was the thing, that was the wake up call for me that I, then that's when I declared, I made a commitment to my daughter, myself, my husband, my family, that I would become the poster child of how you thrive while living with diabetes. And that is where I, I just turned everything around and also decided that because I'm type two, I have the ability to work myself off of insulin. So I just, just decided that day, Amber, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna work myself off. So whatever I need to do, I'm gonna do. And that's what I've been doing. I've been thriving ever since. Well, and I got to say, because and some of the people that I've interviewed, and I love Rev Run and Justine Simmons because they have the whole Ask Screen No campaign. Yeah. And, this, and I, with the type 2 community, this sh like if you are put on insulin, then you feel like you failed. And I, I hate that. I mean, I think that insulin is a drug that, unfortunately, m many of us need, especially in the type 2 community. and you know, the shame that comes along with the type two diagnosis. Can you talk to that a little bit? The shame is awful, um, Amber. And, 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 and you know, th this is why I'm also very, very clear around saying, you know, people say to me all the time, well, did you have to get off insulin? Did you have to get off your oral medications? Did you have, no, I didn't have to, I wanted to. Yeah. Right? So that's a choice. But the, the thing with the stigma, you know, I go all around everywhere unapologetically telling my story. This is just my <laughs> own form of driving awareness uh, right. for diabetes. And 90% of the time, Amber, after I have finished an interview or gotten off stage or, or, or whatnot, someone will come up to me and they will say, you don't look like you have diabetes. Right. And I say, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, what does diabetes look like anyway? Right. Um, but, and, and I think people mean it as a compliment when they say it, because they right. follow it up by saying, wow, you, you know, you're, you look fit and you, yeah. know, you look like you eat the right things and da, 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 da. And so then I go on to take that as a moment um, of education to just say, you know, um, thank you. However, right. you made a thousand assumptions around a person living with diabetes and what that person looks like. And, you know, diabetes doesn't discriminate. No, by the way, um, 
you're, you made an assumption that people living with diabetes, particularly type two, mm-hmm. did it to themselves. Right. You know, and I, and I never, um, God forbid anybody has any um, disease, chronic disease or anything, but when somebody tells you that they have cancer, you don't for a minute go into this whole thing about, well, you look fit and you look good and you right. this, that, da, 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 da. Um, and so there's still, we have a long, long way, way to go. And the fact of the matter is, you know, the latest data, you know, one out of two people are living with prediabetes or diabetes. So there is no look, there is no way, there is no, right. And we all need to get to the point. Like I keep saying it just as, you know, all of your other vitals, you know, your, your blood pressure, um, your eye color, your, all of these things, diabetes should be in there. Like there's no shame. There's no nothing. There's no stigma. Everybody should know their numbers, period, end of story. Well, and I think I have taken the opportunity when I speak to a group of people, diabetes or not. And when I'm talking about why and what I'm doing, I, you know, start the conversation with one in two people in this room have are pre-diabetic and are walking around. So what are you doing? Ask your doctor to check your, I'll check your blood sugar right now. You know, it's one of those things that I feel like, and I hope, and maybe you can speak to this too, the American Diabetes Association is really pushing that anybody that goes to the doctor ever needs to have the blood sugar checked. That's exactly right. I mean, that, that, that's that level of awareness, Amber, you, you, oh, there's just, so many people who are unaware. I mean, out of that 84 million people who are walking around with prediabetes, 90% of them don't even know it. Yeah. People don't even understand the terminology. Like, what do you mean blood sugar, blood glucose? What do right. you mean A1C? What does that even mean? Right. And so half the battle is just getting people to get tested. And I tell people, you know, your doctor's appointments, you should demand the test. They yes. give it to you. Like, just demand that you want to get it tested. And if you don't want to go to your doctor's office, go to a clinic. Heck, you can go to Walmart, right? On, 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 on the Walmart wellness days, they offer that test. And even if it's not Walmart wellness days, you can go to the pharmacy and still get it checked for free. So that's half half the battle is knowing your numbers. Well, I'm going to do some research on that and be sure to include in the show notes every place that I can, we, I can come up with that you can get that test. Um, yeah. And okay. So something else that, do you wear a CGM? I do. Can, I, uh, can you say which one you wear? Yes. I wear the Freestyle Libre. You right. probably can't see it right here. Yeah, but it's right it. there. <laughs> and let me, uh, let me see. Your sugar is- <laughs> Let me give you my, yeah, I'm pretty good right now. Let me give you my 90-day average, Amber. What's your blood sugar right now? Uh, so, hold on. I mean, it's probably, uh, <laughs> I try to keep them. It's 73. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I try to keep, uh, well, I, I try to keep in, in my range. I, I like to be in between, like, the 70s and the 1, 115s. Yeah. Because this is how uh, part of my strategy to working my way off of insulin, off of the four oral medications that I was on, was the the 
the Freestyle Libre yeah. was an unlock for me. And let me just, let me just um, brag for a minute because I'm so proud of where I am at. So this is 90 days and you can probably see my average blood sugar, 89. Let me see that one more time because I'm going to take a snapshot of that because that's great. I'm so happy. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, I got to say my blood sugar right now is 137, but I was, I wear the Dexcom um, and the arrow is the only difference between those two companies for me. I wore the Libre and the Dexcom at the same time. Oh, wow. And um, just to see, and they were both very similar in accuracy and all those things, but me knowing that as a person with type one, when I see that arrow go down, I know I got to act. And so I think it's one of those things. And that's a big part of my advocacy right now. And I hope that you can speak to this too, that the American Diabetes Association will really help push the fact. I mean, I know that we just passed legislation where um, CGNs are approved by insurance for people with gestational diabetes. Yeah. is working hard and we just got for um, all kids, you know, all uh, people with diabetes, excuse me, but what are we doing to protect the type twos? You know, I think that everybody should be wearing one of these. Uh, you, 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 you're preaching to the choir right now, um, Amber. And I would just tell you, um, from an advocacy perspective, the ADA is all over this. So we, we, we have taken um, up the mantle. Well, you know, for our whole 80-year history, um, if you go back to... Uh, our founders and when they created the American Diabetes Association in 1940, there's something um, that resonates very deeply with me that was uh, said by our first um, president and and founder, Cecil Stryker. He said that the uh, only reason for being for the American Diabetes Association is that we are here to fight for for all people living with diabetes. Mm -hmm. And he talked about their medical, economic, and social problems yeah. are our problems. And that we are to fight for people living with diabetes until we find a cure. Now, now, why does that resonate so deeply with me? Because he said that in 1940, Amber, like you can just right here today is the same issue. Yeah. And so from an advocacy perspective, we are fighting along all three of those vectors, medical, social, and economic. I was just, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time um, with C CMS and uh, the uh, CGM manufacturers mm -hmm. and Congress and the legislators to push for getting CGMs on every single person. It is a unlock game changer. Awesome. You know, my mom always says, if you know better, you will do better. There is nothing more powerful than seeing the impact of what you eat immediately yeah. on your blood sugars. There's nothing more powerful than seeing the stress, what that does, sleeping, what that does, yeah. activity, what that does. I mean, the game changer for me was I had to dial in. I had my, I had my eating and I had my exercise right. What I hadn't dialed in, Amber, and the, the, the Libre helped me with this, was my sleep and my stress level. So yeah. I, I'm a night owl, or I was, until I really started to understand the tremendous impact the lack of sleep yeah. was having on my blood sugar. And then, you know, as a type A person, you never really feel stressed, 
or, or at least I didn't. But the Libre would tell me, no, right now, something's going on with you right now. There's probably a little bit of stress. So this has really, it's powerful. This is what actually starts to, to help people change their behavior. Because you could talk to somebody all day, every day. When you see it. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you. different. When I um, was just the keynote speaker at a large JDRF event, I had insulin on board. I had not eaten breakfast. It was 8 a.m. My blood sugar, I watched it climb to like 346. And I started my speech with, this is real life diabetes. This is stress. And are some days, it just, it doesn't work out. That's exactly right. With that stress, like I use meditation and exercise. What do you do when you see that spike? So, you know, I I tried, um, you know, the big mindfulness movement right now, right? Amber, so I was just like, you know, I got to try and be more mindful. And meditation doesn't really work as well for me because I have a hard time quieting my brain. But what does work, I have found, is two things. Ocean water. Okay. And nature. So. What I did start doing is, you know, the, the recordings where you can just hear waves. Yeah. That actually has been very, very helpful for me. And then, um, you know, where, where I live, we, we are right across the street from a, a, a park that has lots of trees. And, you know, I'll just yeah. go, go take a walk through uh, the park. Of course, that was pre-COVID-19, right. social distancing, and all of those things. But nature and water seem to help me. Well, and I, so one of the things I've done too, and this may sound like a hippie thing, but the grounding process is, you know, when you do take that walk, take your shoes off, put yeah. your shoes in the grass, ground yourself. And I mean, I got to tell you, there's really tough days when that stress is super, I uh, make it a point. So yeah. yeah, it's just those little things. And so diet and exercise you talk about often, and I preach big time about I've chosen a low carb diet because it makes, I feel better. And you live that same type of lifestyle, correct? I do. Um, you know, look, uh, people all often ask me, you know, what is the one diabetes diet? Like, I, I, there's not one, but right. I, I will talk to you about what works for me. And right. to your point, Amber, I feel better. Yeah. Um, the, the lower carb and, you know, I got there, um, you know, I'm, I'm, pretty educated uh, around diabetes, but it was just logical for me, which was, okay, my body has a hard time processing carbohydrates and sugars. Yeah. Happens if I put less of them in my body. So it started out logical for me. And then of course, uh, you know, all of the, the, the data then I started to get into, but I, it works for me. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but it works for me. Okay, did you figure out, or were you shocked whenever you really started looking at carbs, what things had, like hidden carbs? Like you're like, what, broccoli, what are you doing to me? Blown away. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, just blown away when you actually start to be more conscious and aware and reading everything. I mean, there's a lot of things that you would think are healthy. Yeah. But healthy in quotes. (laughs) Uh, you're like, wow, like I just got to stay away from that. And you know, some of my, 
favorite things, you know, um, I love fruit. Yeah. And when you actually start to understand the amount of sugar, even if it's natural sugar and all of that, it's still, it's still sugar. So you got 36 grams of carbs. That's three pieces of white bread. It's like, what? Exactly. Me. That's exactly right. And that's why I, I, I choose now. I'm not no carb, so right. just to be clear. I I still I, I like I like carbs, Amber. I'm just you know here, you know, just speaking. Um, but I'm very uh, thoughtful. Yeah, and I choose which ones. Like I figured out again through my CGM that it doesn't matter how much rice. You know, I started with a palmful that spiked my sugars. Right. I went to half a palm, that's still, then I went to like a half of a half still. So I was just like, okay, I just, I can't have rice. Like, I'm just going to take that because it's not worth, I didn't like it that much. So I'm like, I'm just taking that out. But you, you, you mentioned the French fries thing. And I I have a thing for French fries and I figured out that I could actually have more than a palm full of French fries and my sugars would not actually spike probably because of the fat that, Nonetheless, yeah. I, I choose, I'm just very thoughtful um, around my carb intake. And to your point, you just become very, very um, in touch and in tune with the carbs and the hidden sugars and the hidden carbs in, in a lot of things. Yeah. And I think that once you really get started on this, and I know, I know a lot of people, especially with type 2 diabetes, when they're slapped with that diagnosis, it's overwhelming. And so once you get the, I'm going to say the groundwork, the the basics, then you can build on that. And that's another part of the advocacy that I'm working on is that I feel like, uh, no offense to the medical community, but they're doing a disservice when they diagnose somebody with type two and like, here's a pamphlet, here's a pill. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they're lost. It's hard. I really just want people that, you know, it's baby steps. You don't fix everything in one, you know, one moment. That, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, I, um, one of the things that I still do is I uh, call in, you know, we have a call center and I sit and listen to calls because I, I never, even though I'm living with diabetes myself, just as you said earlier, Amber, everybody's diagnosis is different. Everybody, how, you know, their diabetes yeah. is different. How they manage is different. So I'd like to just listen in on our call center. And that is one of the things that I hear more times than not is that upon diagnosis, people are just overwhelmed with what to go do. And I think from a mental well-being perspective, most people probably go into a little denial, kind of like I did. And, you know, then you're getting, you know, here's a, here's a meter. If you need to take insulin, here's insulin. Here's that. Everybody's so busy that you might not even be hearing even what the doctor says, then yeah. you leave and then you're like, wait, what now? Yeah. What am I supposed to be doing? Well, and then you factor in the shame too. the people that yeah. feel like I failed, I failed. And now That's I've got this and we're not going to talk about it. And they're sure as hell not going to join a support group. That's exactly you know right. You're so right. The silent killer nature of diabetes yeah. is, is astounding, which is why I just said, I'm going to unapologetically tell my story Cause there's no shame in the game. There's no shame here and people need to be okay talking about it. I, I love that. Well, you know, considering, and I hope that even after this pandemic, everything starts to settle down a little bit, 
they'll still find a lot of value in this particular podcast. But can you talk about what the ADA is doing currently for the diabetes community during this time of absolute stress? Yeah, I mean, so first and foremost, um, you know, we want to make sure that people are taking the precautions in preventing getting exposure to COVID-19, which is why, you know, as someone living with diabetes or any underlying condition, just take it serious. Yeah. And do what the authoritative uh, sources and the science and the data tell us to do. So do the social distancing. Stay away. Uh, you know, if, if, if people have it, if people are sick or coughing or any of that stuff, COVID-19 or not, stay away. Right. But do the things that you're supposed to do uh, from a washing your hands perspective. And, and now, over the, the weekend, you know, the, the, wear the cloth mask when you have to go out. And if you don't have to go out, don't. Yeah. So I started staying home three weeks ago, Amber, before everybody, da, 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 I just, look, can I do my work from home? Yes, I can. Yeah. I'm just going to stay home. I'm not going to risk it. The second thing is, um, and we've got a website that we have stood up, diabetes.org slash coronavirus, that lists out all of these things that, that people living with diabetes should do and be mindful of. But the second thing is the stress and the anxiety that everyone is feeling is real. Yeah. I mean, the 24 by 7 news cycle, the now, uh, you, know, you know, home sheltering, the being in the house with your family, you may not be used to doing that all day, every day. Like these stresses are real and accept and acknowledge that. So we have some videos on mental health and mental well-being to help people understand these feelings are, are that, that we're all feeling are real and they're natural, but we can manage them. And it's important because of the impact on our, our, our blood sugars. The, the, the third thing um, is around insulin and your prescription medicine that you need um, yeah. as a person living with diabetes. Look, insulin, as you know, all too well, Amber is just, unbelievably expensive and it, and, it, and it was expensive before COVID-19. Right. Now, when you add on top of what is actually happening, it's even worse, but we have always had uh, a website called insulinhelp.org because I, I don't want, ADA doesn't ever want anyone to not have their insulin and not have to make the choice of whether I keep a roof over my head, I put food on my table, those decisions should actually never have to be made when it comes to taking the life-saving medicine that you need. And so if, if people are struggling with, with that, go to insulinhelp.org or call our, our call center, 1-800-DIABETES, so that we can actually get the help. And then the final, final thing that I will say is pre-COVID-19 um, and certainly now, we stood up a new uh, communication and engagement platform because one of the things that I recognized, uh, Amber, is that as it relates to legislation and the laws and all of the things that are actually happening, a lot of people don't clearly understand 
all of these proposed bills, are these good for me, not good for me? I'm not sure that I understand the rhetoric that's associated with these. So we've kind of simplified this thing down for people and we're trying to activate the power in the 34 million people living with diabetes and all of the people who love us. How do we activate the power? And so we've put, stood up this platform that says, look, there's three things we're looking for when you're analyzing bills and legislation. Is it good for the person living with diabetes, meaning that you are putting money back into their pocket? That this isn't a shell game of moving in anywhere else, but is it affordable to their, the person living with diabetes pocket? Two, uh, is the bill actually lowering the barriers to access to the healthcare system and access to the medications that you need? And three, is the legislation actually promoting competition? Because the thought process is if there's more competition, prices will be lower. And so we analyze bills across those three things, and then we put them up on this communication and engagement platform and help people understand, like, here are the ones that you should be talking to your congressmen and women about. Here's the ones that we should be making noise about to drive change. And with a click of a button, it only takes like 30 seconds, we fire off emails related to those bills to the individual's congressman or woman. And this is a way of us taking the power of our collective voices and using it to drive change. Now, of course, in this COVID-19 place, we have been very active at trying to drive immediate emergency waivers and changes for people living with diabetes. One, whether it's related to driving, um, you know, zero cap insulin, zero dollars, no, 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 no dollars coming from the person living with diabetes. Two, making sure that we can waive the requirement of having your in-person visit, yeah. waive the requirement of having to fax in, you know, the, 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 the medical records, the blood work and all yeah. of those things, removing those barriers. Uh, also pushing very, very hard to make sure that anybody living with diabetes, if they lose their job, they have continuous healthcare coverage. So we're very, very active right now pushing yeah pushing, pushing to make sure that people living with diabetes are actually taken care of and they have what they need to continue to thrive and to be healthy. Because we know, Amber, if we do get the COVID-19, we are at higher risk for poorer outcomes or worse outcomes. And so we just want to avoid that. Well, I think the two things to that if you still have time, is one, yes. I, I'm, I'm frustrated right now with all kinds of things, but the fact that diabetes is lumped into one thing, that all people, we, I mean, it's, it's unfair to both, all people with diabetes, and I think that when they're saying that you're more likely, I mean, I have an autoimmune deficiency disease, I understand that, but for the type 2 community and the people that we're seeing that are, and this is not medical or whatever, just when I'm Reading is the people that are passing away who are at higher risk are those that have an uncontrolled lifestyle. And I don't like that. A higher A1C or they're not managing their blood sugars. 
because your body's already breaking down. Yeah. So that virus is just like, you know, found a home. So I think that's a, another reminder for all of us living with this disease to take our blood sugar seriously. And um, yeah, for quality of life, long-term COVID or not. So that's exactly right. Um, Amber, I mean, I, I, you know, you, you couldn't have said it better. Um, there is wisdom and goodness in terms of managing your blood sugars, COVID-19 or not. Right. And you are, are right. I, I think the, um, some of the data that, that I have been seeing, you know, been spending a lot of time with our <clears throat> president of science and medicine, Dr. Bob Eckel, and, you know, he has been saying, uh, you know, there's not a lot of data out there, <clears throat> but the data that we do have shows a few things. One is <clears throat> older individuals. There's, yeah. There seems to be something with the older individuals. There seems to be something with uh, uncontrolled blood sugars, and there seems to be something uh, with obesity. Yeah. Um, all things when you think about what is happening in, in this country. Again, I go back to medical, economic, and social issues. Yeah. We as a country have to just do better yeah. around all of those areas. That's very well said. And the, the final, well, not the final thing, but one thing when it comes to um, the advocacy for the ADA, is there anything that you can speak to when it comes to the FDA and yeah. expediting the process for generic insulins and other advancements in diabetes management? Yeah, I mean, we're working. We're working very, very hard uh, with the FDA, uh, whether that is to uh, get things classified as biosimilars, Right. Uh, whether that is actually we're working with the FDA uh, right now in this COVID-19 space to enable the use of CGMs and other remote uh, monitoring uh, of your blood sugars for two reasons. A, um, with the whole uh, personal protective equipment issue that is happening in these hospitals, enabling the remote monitoring is a, is a plus. And then two, you know, with the just um, overwhelmed hospitals and healthcare system right now, making sure that people who, you know, unfortunately find themselves in the hospital that are living with diabetes, that they are actually getting the proper blood sugars tested, yeah. their insulin on time. I mean, so we, we work very strongly um, with the FDA, and, and, and I will say that uh, both the FDA and CMS have been very receptive uh, to everything that we bring, and we, we just got to keep fighting, um, Amber, and we need everybody's voice, which is, yeah. you know, why I say go to that communication engagement platform and actually become an advocate. Yeah. Um, we, we, we need more. I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, we all, we all have a voice and we need to figure out what's going to be the best outlet. And I always say too, when it comes to advocacy, don't bark. You know, you don't want to be that squeaky, I mean, be the squeaky wheel, just be the right one, you know, and some people that's a fine line. That's exactly right. <laughs> I want to really end with um, the fact that diabetes, when someone's diagnosed at whatever age, it becomes a family affair. So um, with your family, do they, 
eat the same way? I mean, I, I, is your diet and your regimen, I'm sure it's positively affecting them. Yes. Or so <laughs> no doubt, um, you know, that this is a, a family, a family disease. This is a, you know, I have my tribe, yeah. uh, Amber, and my tribe is, is my family and it actually extends beyond my family. But yes, we do all of this together. One of the, again, the, the more positive things that came out of the CGM and me wearing a CGM is my daughter, you know, she's 16. She'll pick up my CGM and she'll look and she'll be like, mom, what's going on right here? It's just, what, what's happening? Did, did, what did you eat? Or what did you, what, were you stressed? What did that? So everybody kind of um, participates. We do eat um, the same. Yeah. Uh, you know, we cook together, we eat together. Um, my family is very much aware. And, you know, thankfully, my daughter does not have diabetes. My husband does not have diabetes. But, you know, my daughter, you know, they, they, she, she will, she has the gene. Yeah. Um, so, but she's very aware and, and very in tune, um, both of them, of their blood sugars of what goes into their body, their diet, their exercise, their sleep, their stress. Um, in fact, my 16 year old joined me last year at call Congress uh, to advocate uh, nice. on behalf of people living with diabetes. So yeah, my tribe is in there, Amber. You have a go-to recipe or anything that like, like is like, I was um, showing like um, hacks of like how to make your favorite meal, which was lasagna and how to, I'm going to make it a lot healthier. So I don't know that I actually have any favorite hacks. I'm just trying to think I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple and yeah. consistent. So it's meats and green vegetables right. of, of all kind. I don't think I have any actually good, good hacks, um, Amber, but maybe tell me some of yours. Cause maybe I should adopt some. <laughs> well, cauliflower, cauliflower is a pretty incredible vegetable. And that I've made pizza crusts. Um, you can make you can make chips out of kale. Um, I, I mean, all these things take a little bit of effort, but you know, I eat a lot of fresh vegetables, and um, and I try to you know mix it up. But God, yeah. some days it can get really hard. Yes, and I allow my cheat chips and salsa. I've never met a chip and salsa that I didn't like. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, gift myself every once in a while, just 10 chips or whatever, but yeah, yeah. I yeah, love it. It's, it's the little things. Yeah. So we're all trying to do our best and some days are better than others. So we're all thriving, you know, this we, we take it every day and, you know, making the most out of every day because you, 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 you never know. Nothing's ever promised. So live your life to the fullest. That's my attitude, Amber. Oh, that, Tracy, we could be sitting having a glass of wine right now. That is my life. That is absolutely my motto as well. And I've lived a very full life with diabetes for 37 years. And so I'm still on this, end, right? <laughs> I'm here for a reason. <laughs> and I appreciate you so much for taking time. And I hope to have a follow-up episode when all this is over, just to you know, what are you doing now and what is the ADA doing? And I really um, hope that the diabetes community gives the ADA and JDRF a little bit of a break because I know you guys get a lot of backlash. And I think that you guys are doing a really good job at this time of transparency and just keep up the good work with that because we want to know 
what you're fighting for so that we can jump on board. Awesome. Amber, so great uh, meeting you. Thank you so much for, for having me uh, on your show today. This has been fantastic. All right. Well, en enjoy your quarantine time. And yes, keep, you too. Keep talking. <laughs> All right. We'll All right. see you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. What started as a short interview quickly blossomed into a full podcast episode, and I feel confident Tracy will be back on the show because we've got a lot more to talk about. I really loved how she shared the pinnacle moment that catapulted her into a new lifestyle. For those of you living with type 2, I hope her message resonates and inspires you to check your numbers and ask for help if you need it. You deserve to feel good and live life to the fullest diabetes or not, and this is not an easy disease at times to manage. Ask for help. And there's no doubt Tracy and the ADA are working diligently to make sure all people living with diabetes have the resources and support we need. Keep up the good work, Tracy. French fries and all. <laughs> Before I wrap up, I just have a few last minute things I'd like to share. Number one, the Real Good Foods brand continues to put out delicious quality products that can be delivered to your door. I mean, hello, no brainer. So take a moment, check out the show notes for more details on how you can order their products. Number two, I want to thank the medical community for doing everything they can to help us stay safe. Grocery delivery services for allowing us to stay home. Local restaurants for delivering good food to my door. And fellow advocacy groups for providing valuable resources during this dark time. Thank you from the bottom of my T1D heart. Number three, in case you hadn't heard, the Real Life Diabetes mini podcast series launched earlier this year and is dedicated to offering a one-stop shop of brands, organizations, and services who share my mission to provide real support and resources for all people living with diabetes. If you're interested in being a guest, please hit us up at Penelope at DiabetesDailyGrind.com. Please continue to leave iTunes reviews and love, like, and share all things social media. If you want to contact me directly, I can always be reached at amber at diabetesdailygrind.com and getting a message from you, as I always say, it makes my heart happy and keeps the episodes coming. I guess that's a wrap. Stay safe, everyone. Cheers to the highs and lows. Yes, I